0: Hi, friends, and thank you for joining Christchurch Online. We are taking a break from our Inner Workings of Worship series so that we may celebrate the unique relationship Christchurch has with the Urban Impact Foundation. Today, you will be hearing from the director of the Urban Impact Foundation, the Reverend Dr. Ed Glover, as well as three of the department heads who work within Urban Impact Seth Rickert, Sarah Van Kurt Glover, and Tammy Glover, who lead up athletics, education, and arts, respectively. Here they are. Thank you for listening.
1: I agree with you. That's awesome. You know, I, that's the first time I heard them today, and I, 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 that, I, I just can't wait till December second and December third. It's going to be spectacular, man. I'm telling. you. We've got about 350 kids that are be part of this program. You're going to see all kinds of different things, dance and acting and programming. It's just going to be amazing. You don't want to miss that. December second, December third. But you know what else is amazing? As Jared has just said, Urban Impact and Christ Church have been locking arms in the gospel, partnering in the gospel for 15 years, 15 years. And we've seen amazing things take place, people coming to Christ, people being discipled up here as well as down on the north side of Pittsburgh. And we've always called this service Urban Impact Sunday. So today's title of the sermon is called You Can Make an Urban Impact. You Can Make an Urban Impact. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I would ask right now in Jesus' name, That you would, right now, forgive me and cleanse me of any sin, and fill me with your spirit. That you would not just stir us, but that you would change us. That you would enable us to not just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers of it. And Lord, we're asking that today because we want to continue to be faithful to your mission. That we'll continue to continue to be faithful to your mission. That we will make disciples who make disciples. For, Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen. The title of our sermon this morning is found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the, all, and to the ends of the earth. I want to remind you that the Lord Jesus Christ said this just before he ascended unto the right hand of the Father. In other words, Jesus said this just before he left the earth. And he was telling them that this one thing. He was saying, I am counting on you. I am depending on you to continue my mission. Now the question is, what is his mission? In order to really understand, he just summarizes what he's been telling them for years. But he actually defines it for us in the Gospels. We've got to go back to Luke 19, verse 10, where Jesus says this. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek And to save the lost. We know that the Lord Jesus Christ completed that mission. And thank God he did. For he went to the cross because we were lost. But then he walked out of that grave. And Jesus alone has the power and the authority to forgive us of our sin. And to give each and every one of us eternal life. He paid our debt on the cross. Then walked out of the grave. And he completed the mission. To seek and save that which was lost. As he walked out of that grave, he came up to his disciples in John chapter chapter 20, verse 21, and he said this. He said, as the Father sent me, now I send you. Another way of saying that is this. As the Father has given me a mission, now I'm giving you the mission. And he defines that mission. He defines that mission in Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. And it says this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's one commandment in that mission statement. It's found in the words that are underlined. Make disciples. What Jesus did is that he took those 12 people, and then he had 120 that he really invested in. But the 12 were his most intimate group, and he imparted what he knew into them. In other words, he reproduced himself in them. He multiplied himself in them. And he was telling them, just as I have invested in you, just as I have discipled you with my life, you go and disciple others. To the point where we make disciples who make disciples. That is the mission of every church, of every believer. We're not to build programs. We're not to build projects. We're to be building disciples who make disciples. We're to be investing our lives in what God has done with us and what we know into somebody else. That's what we're to do. And then he gives us three action steps in this this mission statement. He says, go baptizing and teaching. Go baptizing and teaching. I don't have enough time to go through all three. I'm just going to talk about go. The word go there literally means as you are going, as you have gone. You're to go and make disciples who make disciples. No matter where you go, no matter who you're with, you're to make disciples who make disciples. You're to be going. But where are we to be going? He said to the nations. But in our passage, he defines it very clearly. He puts a process together. Look at it again with me in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, where? Jerusalem, say it with me, Jerusalem in all Judea. Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Let's do that again. We are to be as witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And how are we to do that? He tells us, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Remember, I was here a month or a month and a half ago, and I talked to you about the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's found in John chapter 15, and Jesus said, I'm going to send another just like me. And he won't just come alongside of you. The Holy Spirit will come and live within you. The third person of the Trinity. And he's saying right now, in that passage, he is saying it's going to happen. You go wait. And what did the disciples do? They went and waited. And the Holy Spirit came and dwelt within them in the upper room. And when they walked out, Peter came out and he preached the gospel. And thousands of people came to know Christ. Where? In Jerusalem. And as they impacted Jerusalem, you know what they ended up doing? They ended up winning, building, equipping, multiplying, and sending. Look at this little graph that I gave you. It's all in red. It says this. It says win, build, equip, multiply, and send. That's what Jesus did with the disciples, and that's what they did. They won people to Christ. They built them up in the faith. Then they equipped them. To do what? To do ministry and fulfill the mission. And then they became multipliers. And as they began to multiply, God sent them from Jerusalem. And where did they go? They went to Jerusalem, to Judea, and then Samaria, and then the outer parts of the world until they turned their world upside down in their generation. They turned it upside down. Twelve guys. How many people do we have in this room? Twelve of them. Went out there and just turned it upside down. But you have to understand, there's still 120 people around those 12. So they began to multiply. They began to go and, sent, and they were sent out. Now, the, the Bible makes it very clear that God sent his son, then he sent his spirit, and now he sends the church. That's you and me. See, we have the privilege and the opportunity and the responsibility to go and make disciples in our generation. It's our turn. And God is counting on us, depending on us, just like he depended on the disciples in the first century. You know, I have the privilege of of going around and preaching in a number of locations. And when I'm in churches today, in the last two years, I've heard people coming up to me often, and they'll say this. Pastor, what's going on in our cities? I mean, it seems like every time you turn on the television, some crazy thing is going on in the city, some city in, in the United States. Then eventually, as we get to talking about that, they'll say to me, Pastor Eric, can I ask you this question? How could it be in our lifetime, we could see the Judeo-Christian ethic, the Ten Commandments taken down from the walls, not being able to be displayed anywhere? How could that happen in our lifetime? How could it happen in our lifetime that we as a Christian nation, we used to be called a Christian nation, now our leaders are standing up and saying, we're not Christian any longer. We're not just Christian How could we lose the influence, the impact that we had for all these years? How could it be happening in our day under our watch? And I say to them often, there are many reasons, but one of the reasons is we've lost our purpose. We're not on mission. We are mission drifted as the body of Christ in America. Jesus said to go where? Jerusalem? Say it with me. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the outer parts of the world. In those days, when Jesus told those guys to go to Samaria, they hated Samaria. They hated them. Then he told them to go to the nations. They never dealt with Gentiles. Gentiles were like, get away from me. We don't touch them. But they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus transformed those disciples, and they went to Jerusalem, Judea, And then they went to Samaria and outer parts of the world and they transformed the world. And because they were faithful to the gospel, you and I are sitting in this room today. Because they went to the Gentiles and they preached the gospel and we were saved from generation to generation till now, here we are today. So I say to the people that ask me these questions, I say, you know what happened in America That we as an American church, and I'm talking big C church now, we went to Jerusalem, our communities where we live, and then we jumped over Judea and Samaria, and we went to the outer parts of the world to preach and and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We went to Africa and Asia and so on. And we need to continue to do that. We need to continue to impact our Jerusalem no matter where we live because Jesus told us to do what? To go and go and make what? Disciples. Who make what? disciples we're to go no matter where we go if we go to Jerusalem if we go to Judea if we go to Samaria we go to other parts of the world we are to go and make disciples but somehow some way in this in the last 70 plus years the American church just said we're not going to the city and we moved out of the city and we moved out into the suburbs and into the rural America and now you can go to city after city like I have and you'll see one church building after another church building either vacant or turned into a restaurant or some museum or some bed and breakfast where the gospel was preached is no longer there. So I look at them and I say, if we've abandoned for years masses of people in the inner city and the American church had no strategy, had no plan, and had no way of giving to impact the the city of, city of, of our country, why wouldn't we think that we've lost our way? Why wouldn't we have lost our edge in America? We've left the masses of people where other religions and other ideologies have gone into those areas, and they have beachheads, and they built relationships, and they've earned the right to be heard, and they've helped those people. They lived up close and personal with those people. That's what we were supposed to do. That's what we did over in Africa. That's what we did over in Asia. We sent, we sent missionaries over there to build relationships, to make disciples who make disciples. But somehow in America, we said, I don't know what the deal is. They're Samaritans or they're Gentiles, but we're not going down there. So here we are. Look right here at Christ Church, but not you. Not you. No. You stayed on mission. You went to Jerusalem. And you went to Judea and Samaria. You hooked up with Urban Impact Foundation. And we're down on the north side of Pittsburgh transforming lives, making a difference in that city. I have 28 missionaries who live in that community every day, serving and raising their own support, moving into that community. They're in schools, outside of schools. You, ask, you have to ask the question, how in the world could you be impacting 1,700 kids on the north side? And I'm not talking about adults yet. We're talking about thousands of people being impacted. The north side of Pittsburgh is as big as Erie, Pennsylvania you got to understand that. The north side of Pittsburgh is as big as Erie, Pennsylvania, land-wise. That's why you hear it on the news so much. It's huge. There's so many neighborhoods, so many communities. Tens and hundreds, thousands, 50,000, 60,000 people live in small groups of area in, on the north side of Pittsburgh. Over 11,000 kids. We're touching 1,700 of them. We have a goal and a, and a desire to reach every one of them on the north side of Pittsburgh. We're going to do everything we can to transform that particular part of the community in our city. And you have locked arms with us for 15 years. Where we've won people to Jesus Christ. I just told you in the beginning, 350 of them just came to Christ this past year. And what are we doing? We're down there discipling those people. Up close and personal. Having Bible studies. Transforming their lives. Holistically transforming them. Mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. Not going down giving them a blanket. Not going down and giving them a meal. We're giving them the gospel and transforming their lives holistically. Bringing the whole gospel to the whole person and the contents of the whole community. And I thank God for the leadership of this church. I thank God for Pastor John. I thank God for Pastor Jared. Pastor John who has been with me all these years and now Jared has picked picked up the baton and I'm telling you he's picked it up. And we have locked arms together and we're believing great things are going to happen in our city. And great things are going to happen right here at this church. And we're going to continue that partnership until Jesus either calls us home or, we, or he returns. But we're going to get this thing done in our lifetime. We're not going to stand before God and sit there and say that we were afraid or we were cowards. We're going to say, no, we stood up and we began to communicate and demonstrate the faith of Jesus, our faith in Jesus Christ. And lives will be transformed. So if there is such thing as a holy pride, which there is... We at Urban Impact have a holy pride for you. That you're not cowards. You're men and women of faith. And you're on a mission. And we're transforming lives, friends. On the north side of Pittsburgh, we have won two national awards, an international award for what we do. We've we've won two awards. One of those awards comes from Chick-fil-A for what we do. So I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm telling you an international, national award for what we do. And we could not have done it without you hooking up with us. You know what Jared said to me? He said, Pastor Ed, when you get up there on, on Urban Impact Sunday, you tell the people your needs. That ministered to my heart. Because I go to churches all around the city of Pittsburgh. I go to churches in other locations. Not all of them, but a lot of them. You know what they say to me? You say, Pastor Ed, you're pretty motivating. So we don't want you talking about asking for money. And you don't talk about asking for volunteers. You can't do that. You can only ask us for prayer. I end my case. Jerusalem, jump over to Judea and Samaria, go to the outer parts of the world. How in the world are we going to change our cities if you have a mindset like that, how's it going to happen? It won't happen. And folks, listen to me, if we don't get about the business of locking arms with the big church and get about going to business for Jesus Christ in the city of Pittsburgh, we're not just going to lose some wars. We're going to lose some battles. We're going to lose the war. I'm telling you right now, Muslims are coming into our city like I've never seen them before, and they're taking up beachheads all around. Thank God you got courage. Thank God you got courage. Sometimes I'd like to take some of these pastors and wring their necks. What cowards. Thank God you got leadership. Jared, stand up. Put your hands together for that man right there. All right, I got to stop. These guys are the best people that can tell you the needs that I know. Each one of these are our directors. This is Seth Riker. He's in charge of athletics. You're going to enjoy Seth.
0: Good morning, Christ Church. Is anybody a little bit excited in here? If you're not excited, you might want to pinch yourself and check your pulse a little bit. I'm really excited to be with you here today. And I want to thank you on behalf of Urban Impact Athletics for your partnership in the gospel. Last year we were able to reach 1,200 youth through our various athletic programs, soccer, flag football, baseball, basketball, and swimming. And none of that would be possible without you. The greatest thing about last year is over 200 kids in athletic programs responded to the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. (laughs) Praise God for that. But even as I looked out, I, I think there's no way that's possible without Christ Church Grove Farm. I look out and I see Mike Andrasco who comes down every week and leads a Bible study with our local Perry High School football team. I look out and I see Nanette Curtis who uses her influence at Eden Christian Academy and has helped some of our basketball players go on to, to get a great education there and prepare for college. I look in the back at the sound booth and I see Scott Nicky Nikki Fetzik who have been faithfully showing up year after year to invest in the lives of baseball players to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And I could go on and on and on naming different people in the room. I just don't have the time for that. But I want to thank Thank you because God is truly transforming lives. He's doing it through stories like Rob and Heidi Odom. Rob and Heidi were in the first service here at Christ Church. And they came to Urban Impact years ago through our soccer program. And when they came, they met a young lady named Kennedy Walker. Kennedy is the the young girl sitting right to, to the side of Heidi Odom there in the picture. And they just... Decided, you know what, we're going to do everything we can to mentor and to disciple Kennedy. And so they came alongside of her and really her entire family. They began to teach her how to study the word of God, how to keep a prayer journal and develop a prayer life. They walked alongside of her and helped her strive for excellence in education. And she was actually accepted to Milton Hershey out in Hershey, Pennsylvania, a boarding school that that is really difficult to get into. And she was accepted out there and now attends there. And in the transition, as she left Urban Impact during the school year to go out to Hershey, Hershey, Pennsylvania, Christ Church continued to make an impact on her life because Robin Heidi decided, you know what, we're going to keep visiting her, we're going to send her letters. Every time she's home for holidays or on the weekends or when she comes back for our summer day camp in the summertime, they make sure that they make it a point to get out and spend time with Kennedy. And so that is a, a true example of our partnership and how it's transforming lives. Another one is Gabe Mangus. Many of you might know Gabe as a, as a young man who was growing up here in the, in the youth group and in Sunday school. And his parents would come down and they would coach soccer for us, and eventually Gabe started to volunteer. All of his little siblings were running around on the field. He came down as a high schooler, as a student assistant coach. He was placed on a team with Jay and Carla Batch, who were another uh, Christchurch couple who were volunteering inside of our, our soccer program. And through that program, he really just fell in love with the kids on the north side of Pittsburgh, and he wanted to do everything he could to communicate and demonstrate the love of Jesus to them. And so he was a basketball player in high school, and when he graduated from high school, he decided he was going to come down and, and start to coach some of our competitive basketball teams. And now for years, Gabe has walked alongside of our some of our middle school boys and walked alongside of them as they transitioned into high school, and all along, teaching them to be greater basketball players, but keeping the main thing the main thing and focusing on making sure he leads these kids into a relationship with Jesus. In fact, on one occasion after practice, Gabe had one young man that he was riding home, and on the car ride home, he shared the gospel with him. And for the first time, this young man responded to the gospel, and he made a profession of faith. And then because of the relationship here at Christ Church, he was able to come up to Christ Church and be baptized and make a public profession of faith that I am following Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. I don't have time to tell you every story, but I have to tell you the story of, of Chad and Jessica Wright. Chad and Chad came to Urban Impact through our intramural basketball program. It's an outreach program. We, we come together on Monday nights for pizza and basketball and to communicate the good news of Jesus. Well, Shaq Hager is a young man who came in ninth grade, having never been to church before. He grew up in the north side of Pittsburgh in a, in a project called Norfew Heights, one of the most violent crime-ridden areas of the north side of Pittsburgh and even Pittsburgh in general. And when he came to Urban Impact, he made a commitment to Jesus. And Chad saw something special and unique in that young man. And so he responded to the call to make disciples. And he, he invited Shaq to join his family and be part of his family. He walked alongside of him throughout high school and helped him graduate from high school. He went on to, to play basketball at Penn State, New Kensington, where he was a captain on the basketball team. And while Shaq was in college, through the guidance of Chad and many others, he began to sense a calling in the ministry. And while he was there, he led a Bible study with his basketball team. He came home every summer to work inside of the Urban Impact Summer Day Camp to impact the next generation. And this past year, in January, Shaq moved back into his neighborhood. He raised his full financial support. He broke the cycle of poverty. And now he is reaching out to the next generation with the truth and the love of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, God is up to a great work through Urban Impact and Christ Church on the north side of Pittsburgh. But I want to be careful not to just cast vision of all the success. We need your help. We desperately need your help. You see, none of those stories take place without people from Christ church showing up and doing what God had called them to do. There are still too many young women who get raped on the north side of Pittsburgh. People who get abused and abandoned. Too many babies that get aborted. Too many young boys who have walked alongside of who get shot in the head and killed in the streets. Too many young men who go to prison for homicide or, or burglary or selling drugs. There's... there's a massive problem in our community. And if the body of Christ doesn't rise up and do something about it, it's just going to spiral downward. It's just going to become worse and worse and worse. But through the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can see transformation take place. And I want to encourage you that if you want to be a part of Urban Impact, we need coaches to show up on fields and gymnasiums, soccer, flag football, baseball, and all the rest. But you can even help administratively. In fact, one of our greatest needs right now is for people to come down one day a week, five days a week, however many days you would want to, to come down during the office hours of Urban Impact and administratively support the missionaries like Shaq Hagger as they go out to communicate the good news of Jesus. So would you pray about that? Would you pray about joining us in Urban Impact Athletics or any of the other programs and joining up and linking arms to be able to make a difference with Jesus Christ, I'm going to introduce Sarah Van Glover to you, the Director of Education.
2: Good morning, Christ Church. I'm going to start by letting you in on a little Urban Impact Sunday secret. If this is too intense for you, try the 8:30 service. But by 11:15, we are rip rearing and ready to go, and we want you with us. Okay, so. Um, I just want to introduce myself again. I'm the director of education at Urban Impact. You're going to see a few pictures come up that have um, Christchurch folks who are volunteering in education programs on the north side. Um, But this morning, I just want to share one story with you, and that story is of a missionary and a volunteer from your congregation at Urban Impact. And some of you may know Toots Dunbar. She is um, a member here at Christchurch. She and her husband, Gary, and they serve in the Lakeside Cafe. But Toots started volunteering in our literacy support program a couple of years ago. And while she was there, it wasn't like she came because she was really passionate about running phonics drills with early elementary students, but really Tots was super passionate about loving children. She has so much love to give, and she... She chose to, to spread that love with the kids on the north side. And so it's the love of Christ that you and I all know. And so Toots' passion lies there and not so much in the education realm. But she came, she joined with us in tutoring, and as she was there, her role evolved, and she's now become the classroom mom for one of the classes. And she brings the cutest cupcakes, cookies, and treat bags you will ever see, and every teacher at the school now wants Toots to be their classroom mom. Um, If you come to a school on the north side, you'll soon find out that there's no such thing as a classroom mom, and so if a volunteer like Toots doesn't step into the classroom and and take that role on, um, there aren't really holiday parties or things that maybe you know in your schools. But Toots has taken that role on, but she started as a tutor, she continues as a tutor, and a couple of years ago, she started working with a boy named Lamar. And Lamar has this very sweet spirit, and at the end of the school year, as summer was approaching, she learned that his twin brother, who was in class across the hall, was enrolled in Urban Impact's eight-week summer day camp. At camp, they get, they get breakfast and lunch, they get math, literacy, Christian education lessons. It's a great place for a child to be, especially a child who's one of nine with a single mom. So if there's not a lot of support at home, you can imagine that there's lots of things that we can get involved in if there's nothing happening to no accountability at the house in the summer. And so Toots really wanted that opportunity for Lamar and wasn't understanding why Lemire would have that. And so she kind of waved a flag to us and said, hey, what about this one? What, what happened that Lamar didn't get this opportunity? And unbeknownst to her, across the hall, Amanda Wagner, a missionary from your congregation, had been tutoring Lemire, his twin. And Amanda had been in touch with the teacher, in touch with the mom, get all of these things, do all the work to get this opportunity presented to Lemire. However, Lemire, in all of this process, had failed to mention that he had a twin brother. And so, Amanda went to Lemire... And said, how is it possible that you never told me you had a twin? And Lemire gave the best eight-year-old boy response. Well, you never asked. (laughs) And so I tell you, when you're working with children, be sure to check if they have twin siblings. Um, The point I'm really trying to make to you is that without Toots, Lamar was getting left behind. Without that volunteer, he was getting left behind and unintentionally. Without her support, without her waving the flag for that child in particular... That those, those connections wouldn't have been made. And so now today, Lamar, Lemire, and many of their siblings are all involved in year-round programs at Urban Impact. Um, Lamar and Lemire attend church. They have several, tu- several mentors that help them. They're tutored academically. And Lamar and Lemire have both responded to the good news of Jesus Christ. And so it is because, <laughs> praise the Lord, it is because a tutor showed up for 20 minutes a week. Lamar's life will never be the same because somebody showed up and waved the flag for him and said, hey, what about him? And now, just six months ago, their family moved onto the same block that Amanda Wagner lives on in the Marshall Shadeland neighborhood of the north side. And so just like that, it went from Lamar, one person to one family, and now the whole block is being impacted because of that change. And so this morning, I want to make sure that I'm communicating and we're all communicating to you. We are not looking for the most skilled volunteers, We are certainly happy to have very skilled volunteers, but we are really looking and asking for people who are passionate about the gospel, who are passionate about God's kingdom and doing God's work in this time. And so, Two of the most pressing needs in my department in the education department right now are meal providers on Mondays. We have a tutoring center, and we need meals for the students. We try to always meet them holistically, so we want to make sure they're not hungry when we're also giving them, you know, all this other support. So we need meal providers, and then in addition to meal providers, we need people to help with Bible studies. We have more students in Bible studies than we can actually teach, and so we're keeping kids out of Bible studies because we don't have enough adults And so, some of you have been in Bible studies for years. You have more knowledge in your pinky finger than our kids have in their whole brain. They don't know who Adam and Eve are. And so, I'm asking if you would consider helping in those ways that the Lord's stirring your heart. So, I thank you so much for your time. And um, just to close us out, will be this is Cameron. He's in kindergarten and literacy support. Cubs
0: are going to pat. And why should they come, Cameron? To help me (sighs) read. Very cool.
3: That's right. Now, I'm not nearly as cute as he is, so this is a tough act to follow, but I'm very passionate about uh, having you know how important what Seth said is that sometimes you look at all the success that Urban Impact is having, and you say, well, they don't need me. They have lots of people. But that is not the case. This past weekend, not this weekend, but last weekend, we took the choir that you saw here on a retreat. We went to Jamonville with them, and we are, as part of our spiritual formation with them, we're talking about how do you share your testimony. And we're not expecting them to have any kind of clue. So we went into Acts 22 and looked at how Paul shared his testimony and the parts that there were there. Like he talked about what his life was like before he knew Jesus, and then his experience on the Damascus road. And then after that, what happened after that and how his life was transformed. And so we said, okay, let's start working out what, what, and and why would we want to do that? Because some kids maybe think they're saved and they don't know Jesus yet. That's how I came to faith in Christ is because I was saying, my sister was saying she was, she was saved. And I said, I am too. I remember. And I thought, you know, I don't remember when I received Christ. And that was the impetus that started me on my p- my path so that I could respond to Jesus Christ. So we're working with our students in the choir. And as we were working with them, I had a small group of eight and they had written out how they had come to know Jesus Christ. Every single one of the eight had responded to Jesus Christ because they had come to Urban Impact in an Urban Impact program. That's significant. That means that That they are finding, like, do you hear what I'm saying to you? If Urban Impact doesn't have you, if Urban Impact does not have leadership where we are sharing Jesus Christ, those children aren't in church. They're not hearing the gospel any other place. They're not hearing it at home from mom and dad. So it is critically important that you think about this. Now I want you to think about those You're seeing all the different ministries that happen in the arts. We have dance. We have uh, theater, visual and industrial arts, vocal and instrumental music. There are lots of places to plug in. But I want to highlight for you today in your flyer that is in the bulletin, it's talking about the choir. And the reason I want to highlight them is that this year when we gathered together, the people who would volunteer for the choir, we did not have enough volunteers for all of these kids. At Urban Impact, we keep a 6 to 1 adult to student ratio. And we did not have enough volunteers. And we were going to turn kids that you see up here away because we did not have enough volunteers to maintain the program. So what we had to do is that when you see the kids up here, you're also seeing people who work at Urban Impact who are administrators. You're seeing my staff who, don't, who run other programs who are volunteering in this program so that these kids can be here. That's how important you're coming and spending an evening a week. And guess what? If you feel the call of God, God calls us all to different places. And you're not all going to volunteer at Urban Impact, but you, you need to be someplace here at Christ Church, at Urban Impact, because we need to be about building the kingdom of God. Because Jesus said in John 9 four this, he said, I must work the works of him who sent me, While it is day, the night is coming when no one can work. We don't have forever to do what God has called us to do. We don't have forever, as Pastor Ed is sharing with us, to make a disciple who makes a disciple. It is day. We have a window of time. We are in the window. And God expects us to do not what we cannot do, but he does expect us to do what we can do. And if the Lord has been prompting you, don't put it off anymore. There are young men and women who desperately need to know Jesus Christ and need to learn how to walk with him. And let me tell you, one of the best ways for you to continue growing in your faith is to walk alongside of them. It's amazing. So as you think about it, Don't put off. There are sons and daughters, prodigals, who will not hear. When we asked the choir this year, and you know so many of them are young and new, we asked them, tell us the Christmas story. We're we're highlighting the shepherds this year. And we said, who are the shepherds? And they said, did they bring gifts to Jesus? It's not because they're not smart. They've never heard the story before. Please take to heart that we need you to work while it is day.
1: If you could take out that bulletin insert, you'll see that there's a number of ways in which you can volunteer. But let me just say this. You can make an urban impact three ways. You can pray, you can give, and you can go. Let me say this. When you go out to the cafe and you get something to eat, every time you go out there, all the profit. Goes right to Urban Impact to make a difference on the north side of Pittsburgh. Did you know that? Every time you go out there, do you know that we have 126 volunteers that go out there and serve us at Christ Church every month? That's amazing. 120. Put your hands together for them, huh? Isn't that amazing? 126 of them. Do you know you could give? I already said we have 28 missionaries. You have five of them right here at Christ Church. There's the 20. There they are. Each one of those came right out of this church or go to this church to worship. You can support them. Prayer. We've given you a prayer request. Just take that prayer request, put it somewhere, and pray for us that God will give us wisdom and God will give us resources so we don't lose that building, or we can replace that building, I should say. Last is you can go. You can go right outside, go right over to the table, sign up today. But our way of helping you to think that through and just be praying about what you can do to make an urban impact I've encouraged the the church about what the church is doing, making an urban impact. But let me ask us all a question. Are you making an urban impact? Are you going to your Jerusalem? Are you doing anything about the city? Are you doing anything about the outer parts of the world? Think about that. Pray about that. As As the dancers come and they dance, you be thinking through what you might do. Hey, it's been a privilege and a pleasure Thank you so much for the partnership over all these years. God bless you.